This is the Energizing India podcast. Over much of the last two years on this program, we've had discussions with industry leaders and key protagonists from the electric and clean mobility sector in India. We have gleaned delicious insights into not just what makes this sector tick, but also why their companies are successful or have been struggling to find that elusive breakthrough. Often they have been golden nuggets on how they continue to find success in a market so full of uncertainty and adventure in these very early years of the energy transition. Every now and again, during our deep dives on this program, we get to have special moments like we will today when we get to chat with a super user of EVs in India. We uncover, in moments like these, the perspectives of the most important person in the entire electric mobility value chain, the driver of the vehicle. On this episode today, we chat with Priyans Muraka, a super EV user who owns a MG ZS EV and who in 2022 completed 20,000 kilometers using it on work trips across India. We spoke about why he chose the MG, his experience with not just fast chargers, but also the various charge point operators and the pain points of early adopting EV users. Priyans also has his own blog on using an EV across India and brought a wealth of information for CPOs and EV car manufacturers. My name is Ravin Merchandani and this is the Energizing India podcast. Priyans, welcome to the show. Thank you. Priyans, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, you're an EV super user. How did you get there? I run a company called Active Buildings. We are into indoor air quality monitoring. That's my day job. And uh, I drive an MGZS EV 2022 model. And it's been around eight months since uh, I got the car. Interesting. We, we had this conversation just before we started recording when I asked you why you went for an MG rather than a Kona or a Tata Nexon. And the comment you made was, well, at the point of your procurement, it was the one that had the most luxury, uh, which is absolutely correct, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, in the, the Kona, in fact, at the same price point, was, was a lot simpler inside. The Kona was efficient. The Kona was simpler. And the Kona had the battery, battery uh, defect. You know, that was happening globally. We did not know whether Kona is going to service the Indian vehicles or not. Uh, and being uh, like when I'm purchasing an electric vehicle, which is a new concept, which is a new uh, gadget for our house, uh, we did not want it to have any bad experiences as such. Uh, we wanted the experience to be as smooth as possible. And we believed that MG can provide us with that experience. So you're a super user, but a cautious early adopting super user, uh, having done all of your research to get there. So I'm interested now, one of the things that makes you stand out as a super user is that you are the first, if not one of the first, to have done 10,000 kilometers in one go in an electric vehicles across India. Uh, most people would call that crazy in yeah. 2022. <laughs> uh, yeah, so what possessed you to do that, Priyans? What were you trying to prove? Okay, so a uh, slight correction. Uh, what I've done is that uh, I have totally driven around 20,000 kilometers in eight months. Mm -hmm. And most of it has been highway driving. Uh, I We have meetings all across the country uh, for my work. So I tend to drive there because taking road trips was always a childhood dream. And now I wanted to see whether I can do that in an electric vehicle. And by doing that, I think I make a statement wherein, you know, you can travel sustainably and uh, it's time to, you know, uh, move like it's time for people who can adopt this to adopt and show to the world that it's possible to travel in a very sustainable way. 
So um, a lot of people don't buy electric cars because they say, listen, I, I need to drive on highways and I don't have the time to pull over for half an hour and charge my car. I, you know, it's much easier to have an IC vehicle come in four minutes, fill up with petrol or diesel and you're off. Has there been a compromise in your journeys um, due to the time it takes to charge an electric vehicle? Uh not really because what happens is that that charging break is often coinciding with uh, either the calls that i have to take for work or my lunch break or you know just a refreshment break because even uh, the, the driving on indian highways is very taxing and it it takes a lot of energy from you mm. and you need to have breaks every three hours or four hours which uh, and you will find a charger nearby so you can take a break uh, quickly charge your car for 20 30 minutes and move on so that helps and that helps in my planning also so so as a super user 20000 kilometers in in 8 months i think every oem whether they make uh, cars buses or chargers would want to have you in a forum to discuss the issues that you face so i'm interested from the perspective of a user uh, what are the challenges you have seen uh, in charging a vehicle on the road that the industry needs to be cognizant of and has probably not thought of just yet correct so there are i have a lot of feedback to give uh, and there are plenty of problems in the current infrastructure given that it is still sustainable in a way that you know you can uh, it works but there are a lot of things that can be done to improve the infrastructure uh, one of the simplest problems that i have also mentioned uh, in a blog that i write where i document all my electric vehicle journeys is that uh, charge point operators need to come together to ensure that there is one app wherein they can see who uh, where all the chargers are and one app to basically pay for the charger and not have multiple apps you know these are this is just the tip of the iceberg where the problems start you know it's a fair point um and it, what you are saying hasn't even happened in europe which has got the largest penetration you still need to you need you need to have a fortum app or a mer app or yeah. you know many others uh, whoever is you know ionity whoever is operating there um that, sorry that, to uh, sorry yeah. to interrupt in europe you may have like five apps or seven apps right in india on my phone i have 40 plus apps because yes, there's 40 cpos yeah true so so i i think one of the things i struggle with is the concept that all of them need to be on an aggregating platform which would then eradicate the value that the charge point operator brings because it then kind of takes india in the same way that all the other industries india have gone to which is oligarchy three or four companies family companies dominating industries whether it's ports airports telecom you know whatever you look at so um here you have this startup ecosystem with 40 or 50 people trying to bring a change to you and if you aggregate them onto one platform then uh, as a user you're agnostic and you don't have a preference and therefore their access to funding is limited to no more than you know there is no value proposition that they have and so their access to funding is going to be rather limited compared to someone say like one of the one, one of the big uh, infrastructure yeah. companies that yeah. can you know that can put in a thousand tomorrow so uh, i i get that and uh, the way they can differentiate is by having good charger networks for example uh, let's say if i have charged at zeon a couple of times and if i like the zeon network charger i will uh, as a user i will want, always want to go to a charger that i know will work mm. so they don't need to worry about losing the customers uh, for example uh, even charge zone operator or say fortum right they these these uh, these charge point operators they have chargers that will work 
uh, 99% of the time you will not get a fault they use good quality components uh, and if a if a ev user is consistently driving on a single route then you will want to stick the ev user will want to stick to the charging to the charge point to the charges where uh, they they are not going to face any problems right so losing the customers is not really going to be a concern if your service is good and as far as the app is concerned you can win over people by having great ux none of the apps right now have great ux uh, which is also another pain point but a single app that rules them all can probably have a good ux which invites more people so friends you 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 mentioned you're a blogger what is your blog called uh, where can go where can people go and read what you write so it's called experiences with evs it's on substack uh and it's called exp with evs i'm i'm there on all social media platforms and that is where typically i document my road trips uh it is it has all the open source data wherein uh what percentage did i pull in and what was the charger that i was using how much money did i spend uh it has a very detailed map which is made by a friend of mine uh which shows you know what how the journey was in a single photo outside of that what i've also started doing is that i've started uh writing some commentary on the existing ev infrastructure in india so let's talk about that existing ev infrastructure because you came to the energizing india summit in november and you addressed the ceos of the entire industry with this report with the data analytics that you have done uh, let's talk a little, little bit about this what are you finding in the differences between the different parts of india uh north south east and west when it comes to charge point operators and charging infrastructure providers so charger oems as well as uh, cpos correct okay so char- as far as cpos are concerned tata is the biggest cpo that we have in india by a huge margin by a magnitude uh it's greater than all the other charge point operators put together in all the states in all the regions that is the power that tata has right now the other charge point operators there are some charge point operators that are going uh, they're spreading themselves across various states but they're sticking to north india they're sticking to west india uh, there are certain charge point operators that are going deep in particular states for example zeon is going very deep in tamil nadu anywhere you go in tamil nadu you will find a zeon charger uh, so i personally uh, understand and i personally uh, would want to see chargers charge point operators go deep rather than go wide what happens in that is uh, it is easier for the charge point operators because they understand the state policies they understand how uh, how does the state work what is needed to set up a charger there and for a for a user in tamil nadu uh, wherever they want to go they don't need any other app they know that they can just focus on zeon and they can they can survive in the entire state right for example if i am traveling say somewhere to gujarat or say i want to go to kutch i know that i'll need at least four to five apps uh because there may be different charge point operators in that in gujarat in maharashtra you know so that that becomes a problem as from the users point of view uh then let's talk about the charging infrastructure each charge point operator has a preference to charging infrastructure so you know you've mentioned tata you mentioned charzon zeon they all have very different chargers yeah. you know because they have their own accredited partner companies that supply them and they tend to for an overwhelming majority of their stations use those so tata is huge and so they have a, a multitude of companies with the others typically have one or two do you find when you pull in with a vehicle a uh, behavior of a charger to be different and here's where i'm going with this question we have charan which is a global association for ccs2 india uses ccs2 charging protocol and then you have ocpp the open charging protocol right for for vehicles 
And so the concept of both of these is that your experience as a user should be seamless. The charger is really a piece of infrastructure that's giving you juice. Uh, it's like a fridge, you know, it could be Calvinator, could be Godridge, could be LG. But essentially your experience is seamless. You know where the freezer is and you know where the rest is. The experience is seamless, right? Do you have that experience? So, okay, when I pull in on a charger, uh, usually I have seen uh, the CCS2 guns, which is what all the vehicles, all the four-wheelers in India have. Uh, you also, on the Tata chargers, you see Chademo guns, which are not being used by any four-wheeler operators. So we do not know why it is there. It is probably because Tata probably bought the chargers in bulk and you know they're setting it up. There's also early regulations require that. Okay, yeah, I, so I was not aware. Yeah, that's not the case anymore, yeah. but yeah, two, two years ago, you, you, you were required to do that. Yeah. Okay. We see um, AC charging that is being provided by the, um, by the charge point operators. And there are certain DC001 chargers that are also there. And there is a Bharat DC standard, right? Uh, yeah, DC001. DC001. This is an agglomeration of, of the Chinese standard. And yeah, the GBT and the GBT standard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fortunately, we're not going down that road and we've decided we want to be like the rest of the world and adopt Thank the CCS2 <laughs> standard. I hope it stays that way. Yeah. Every now and then there's still a little bit of a murmur saying India should have its own standard and do its own thing, which will only increase the cost and reduce the, you know, the technical... Uh, Interoperability is so important, right? Yeah. I mean, if I'm locked to a charging network, uh, unless you have a charging network which is as wide as the Tesla supercharging network, which also has the ability to allow, you know, they have their own connector, but now they have moved to CCS2, right? If, I mean, I do not see any four-wheeler operator, uh, four-wheeler OEM doing that in India. So let's let's just stick to CCS2 uh, for now. So what is your biggest concern as a, as a super user? And uh, this is a loaded question, but... We are, we are an independent platform here, so we can ask questions without being worried about repercussions. Um, range anxiety has to do with resilience of the charging network. And you know, when you as a super user get in a car and you're driving, say, from Bombay to Bangalore, you know, you've got to be confident that 90% of the chargers you're going to encounter will be able to give you a charge. And if not, there's an adequate number of chargers back up further on for you to, for yeah. you, for you to be able to do up, so to speak. So the resilience of this network is important. And yet a charger, uh, is a piece of power electronics that needs love. You, yeah. can't, you can't just keep it there and forget about it. It needs servicing. Uh, it, it, the, the only way to keep it reliable is to make sure that you're looking after it. Um, and we're in such an early phase right now, as you've experienced with your, with your own MG when you were driving, um, you could have issues that nobody thought of, not the car manufacturer, not the charger manufacturer, not the CPO, and that could cause you some issues. And yet India is an L1 focused country. Yeah. Uh, and L1 means it's a zero-sum game, you know, cheapest wins and cheapest will always be Chinese because they make in, in a week what we make in a year. They just have sheer advantages that we do not have in India. And so the opportunity to build a charging ecosystem in India in an L1 environment, uh, you know, your chances of India surviving and succeeding is one in ten. Um, does that worry you that you could in progressively see a network of L1 tendered chargers that are just boxes of steel that don't give you a charge because nobody from China can service them or they've got the cheapest pieces of equipment inside them. So, see, if in the short term, if that happens, uh, the users are going to reject it. I, I have been a part of multiple community groups wherein people post photos of the chargers wherein 
oh hey this charger is not working what do i do you know there are certain community members who whose whose names and numbers are so famous that if someone is stuck anywhere if, like for example in the nexon group right if someone is stuck anywhere they the nexon ev users group they get a call the people who run the group be it 3 am in the night be it 5 am in the night whatever you know they get the call and that is not how the charging infrastructure should be there the quality has to be there otherwise the users are going to reject it uh, for example tata power right tata power puts up chargers uh, the location of the chargers is also very important tata power puts up chargers which are also in their industrial area if you do not have a place for the user for the ev consumer to go and relax or not even a washroom or no places to eat there is no incentive for me to go then and charge if if you just want to put up chargers just for the heck of it or just so that you have the numbers then that becomes a problem right if it, the utilization rate of the charging network is under is in the single digits right so uh, if you want your utilization rate to go up you need to have better chargers you need to have better quality of chargers you need to have reliable infrastructure and for that going l1 may not always be the best case okay so i play a little game when i travel overseas i i, I went always in electric car and i pull into every charging station on the road that either is on the app or that you see and i do a little statistic on how many chargers are available and i've got to tell you even in norway close to 45% of the chargers are typically unavailable out of service to give you a charge i've seen that in germany i've seen that in italy uh, seen that in australia yeah you know uh, and this is not because they go l1 because it's such a hard environment to 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 give you resilience in a in in a network right we are not at the point as the petrol station Uh, in 2023 where the point of the petrol station in 1923 where you probably had the same issues in, in terms of resilience uh, yeah. um do you have a similar stat for india do you count how many are available or not correct so a uh, very funny thing just last uh, like 15 days ago i did a road trip from bombay to delhi and back and my objective for that road trip was just to go to new charge point operators that i have not been to before and i would say that around 50% of the new chargers that i went to were uh, not working i i could not charge at 50% of the chargers it can also be possibly because the app was not working on my phone i use an iphone so they may have an android only app or you know ios app is not updated it's as simple as that right so that is not there or there are some places where the hardware itself is switched off you know there is, it shows on the app that it's available you can go and once i reach there it's no longer working or you know it i cannot charge my car right so it's pointless there are certain uh, apps wherein you know there are certain charge point operators with whom i spent like 1 1 1/2 hours trying to debug why my car is not being charged and in one case it worked in one case it didn't work so that's crazy that's yeah. an incredible time commitment one and a half hours to get something to work correct i mean i was doing that as an experiment yeah. just because if i have to do bombay delhi i know exactly the charges that i want to hit because i know that i can pull in at a charger at so much efficiency at such a percentage uh and that allows me to plan my trips very easily okay so um this sparked another question for me uh you know if you, one of the problems they have in norway is uh, the they are now victims of their own success 95% of vehicles sold from january 2022 to december 22 were electric and uh, it's such a rich country everybody's got a country home so what that means is on friday everybody leaves oslo uh, or stavanger or wherever wherever they live bergen and goes to their country home uh, and on saturday evening or sunday evening they all come back and the problem they have is incredible queues at charging stations 
um, and you've got to wait an hour to connect and then wait an hour. So you're going to wait two hours now uh, at the McDonald's or, you know, wherever else yeah. you've stopped. Um, today, you're an early user. So as you said, you can go from Bombay to Delhi and you know where you to pull in and you know the charger is going to be available. But we forecast in Energizing India, the people who bought their car in 2022, if it was an ICE vehicle, that's the last cycle where an ICE purchase is a logical choice. When those cars come up for replacement in three years, so we're talking 2025, 26, the logical choice will be EV. Uh, at that point, what do you think is going to happen with the queues and how are we going to address it? Because in India, we do not build and they will come. We catch up and typically we catch up 20 years later. You look at the bridges being built in Bombay. We, yeah. take, we take our time to make the decision. And so there's an incredible amount of user frustration along the way. Does that worry you? Yes, it does. In fact, uh, again, on my trip from Delhi to Bombay, on my return trip, I pulled in at a static charger in Bavar. It is the only charger nearby and it's a very critical charge charging point there. And in my MG, I could skip a charger and I pulled in because I knew that I'll pull in here with a low charge. I can charge my car fully and then go again, skip a couple of chargers. As soon as I pulled in, there was a Tigor that pulled in right after me. There was an Exxon that pulled in right after me. The Exxon guy was like, okay, I am two guys behind, so I am going to leave. Uh, the Tigor guy waited and Tigor also sl charges slower. So he had to wait even further before he could leave from Bavar and come down to Udaipur. Uh, so yeah, that is going to be a pain point. Uh, I do not understand. I do not know whether the charge point operators are planning for that yet because uh, when you're set when you're upgrading the infrastructure right to put up a charger you need to have a you need to get the correct permissions you need to have the correct transformer load that is sanctioned if if they are getting the loads sanctioned for a high value then you know it is easy for them to put up multiple charges instead of just one charging setup so if they are doing that the the charge point operators that are doing that will be uh, will be winning because they can quickly scale up where they they're where they're seeing high usage or high demand but the people i mean that is that is one way wherein i hope that some of these charge point operators are doing that because once the tiago ev comes in uh, you will see 10000 at least 10000 users of which at least 1000 new car owners who will want to take it on a lo lo longer road trip even though it is not meant for that but i mean that is that is going to start putting in the pressure I hope the charge point operators act quickly and uh, put up more chargers so that the entire EV industry does not get a bad rep because of you know non-availability of chargers. So we're seeing two kinds of procurement decisions being made today, right? You have the larger companies putting in many small capacity chargers, 25, 30 kilowatt chargers. But then you've got the startups who are actually thinking big and putting in the 60, 120, 180 kilowatt chargers and some even with dispensers or talking about dispensers coming soon. As a super user, what do you want to see? Do you want to see multitudes of 30 kilowatts because they're faster to put in, but they give you redundancies in a charge station without it being too expensive? Uh, or would you rather see the capability to charge fa cars faster and pump them out through one or two chargers? In India, cars can't charge faster. I mean, uh, the the Tigor charges at 0.8C. Uh, the Nexon charges at 1C or slightly lower than that. MG can charge at 1.2C. You, know, you do not have cars. These are mass market cars. I'm not talking about the Kias or the EQS that can pump in a lot of energy, right? They are a very small part of the segment. But if you, if the market, if the charge point, if the car OEMs are not going to increase the charging speed of the battery, then it doesn't make sense to put up very high, high kilowatt chargers. You know, you can have a quick charge, you move on and you go to the next one. 
having multiple chargers also helps in a way that if one charger is not working you can always go to the next one but if a one high power charger is not working for example i pulled in at uh, static in udaipur i pulled in at 2% uh, i went from vadodara to udaipur directly in one go is range anxiety for you 2% <laughs> <laughs> no i i i uh, I have, I'm so familiar with the car that I know how much exactly can so I can extract. Push it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Uh, and I, th- the objective of my trip was not to charge at a Tata charger because uh, in my past trips I have been crunching some numbers and I hmm. see that I have spent way too much money on Tata power, right? Hmm. I wanted to distribute that uh, wealth across different okay. charge point operators. Okay, <laughs> so you're being democratic in yeah. your intentions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Mm. and so i pulled in at the charger and it was mm. in a basement and i pulled in so you know uh, at 2% charger is faulty so then again i had to call static uh, if that charger was not working i did not have enough charge to go to another charge another charger in that same city that's that's an experiment that i'm doing right but uh, a, a typical consumer would want, would just go to a tata charger and charge because there are like at least 4 or 5 30 kilowatt chargers that are easily available in the city but because static was a 60 kilowatt charger i was like i do not want to wait a long time so i'll pull in there i'll charge for an hour and i'll go uh, ahead to jaipur so that was i mean that is a real example of how uh, if the high power charger fails then you know you can be really stuck mm-hmm. absolutely um i want to come at the question i asked you a little bit um a, a short while ago through a different lens as a super user what do you think the manufacturers of cars and then after the manufacturer of chargers have not thought about to make the customer experience seamless correct first first and foremost do not treat your consumer as someone who's dumb be as transparent as possible uh we understand an ev consumer today even the one who's buying a tiago they know that it's a new product they understand they are not going to blame uh, the oem for everything as long as you are communicating to them what exactly is the problem uh, it is it is going to be okay uh, users want that clarity i'll give you an example right so my uh, i was on my trip uh, i was returning from bangalore to bombay um from bangalore i uh, i went to a charger in davangere which is like 300 kilometers from bangalore i pulled in at a delta charger i was at 15 16% uh and i pulled in i started charging my car this was also a charger which i had charged when i was going from bombay to bangalore so i knew that this charger works i pulled in there i start i connect the gun i initiate charging the charging doesn't initiate um i try it a couple of times i try the local hacks you know reset the charger uh, switch off the car switch on the car do all of that uh, and still the char- still my car is not accepting charge so when i switch on the car again because there's a nearby charger uh, at hyundai which is a slow charger 7.4 kilowatt so i am like okay i can go there i can charge for a couple of hours then go to the next charger but i cannot put my car in uh, drive or reverse mode uh, the warning that i see on my car is vehicle control system's fault this is a global uh, fault that has happened in multiple mg2022 models and there is no clear understanding as to why this is happening right i had to press a lot uh with the car, with the car oem to understand what is gone wrong uh the, eventually the one reason that they came up to me uh, they they told me was that you know the voltage that the charger was giving to the car was not acceptable uh so the car shut down and the only way to fix that get this the only way to fix that is to take the car to the mg showroom mm-hmm. 
and it's a software fix it's a software fix because there's a flag that has been raised all the dealer has to do is connect their laptop press a couple of buttons and the car will start accepting charge for that small thing i had my car had to tow for 300 kilometers i had to go back to bombay because i had other work commitments and then a driver drove the car from bangalore to bombay imagine the expense that mg had to incur just for a small software fix i understand that a software fix cannot be open or you know they cannot provide that option for me on the app to do that right but still allowing when when a user is stuck in this kind of situation there has to be because the car proclaims that you know it has internet inside where is that internet functionality right and okay i mean the blame is not just on the charger uh, on the car oem there is also the charger oem right the charger when i connect the charger it is showing me an error code now in that state you know i have to look up what is the error code you should have to say an error code you tell you what the yeah, error is yeah tell me what the error is right yeah. i mean fine you do not have enough space on the charger to show the error you have an app right you have a built you have built an app why are you not sending me a notification that because of this error we cannot charge your car so think from the perspective of the user user right absolutely right yeah so these are some of the points where you know first be transparent with the user if things are broken accept that they are broken it's fine you know people will plan around it it's india so so it, it's a very fair point that you you raise and the problem we have is that it's it's why we also created this podcast and it's because people don't talk to each other and it's not because people don't want to talk to each other uh, it's just that the industry is so new everyone's going off in their silos you know the car guys are doing their own thing the charger guys are doing their own thing the battery guys are doing their own thing the grid guys are doing their own thing and the regulators are smoking some very good stuff doing their own thing creating regulations that really don't work across the 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 spectrum anyway and nobody is actually talking to, to anybody else and the example I'll give you is again in Norway where I I I had a brand new car I've said this story before It was a beautiful Audi, uh, you know, e-tron, and it had four kilometers on it. It was so new, given to given to me by Sixth, the the car rental company, and we went to visit our customer three hundred kilometers away. We were down to, you know, it was winter, so the state of charge dropped very quickly, and so we were at six percent state of charge. The customer told us to go to a fast charging station that had six beautiful chargers, fast chargers, two fifty kilowatt capability. um five of those six collapsed when the car was connected to it and by collapsed i mean they went into reboot so you'd connect your car and charger would just shut down and the screen would say reboot and it's a half an hour reboot the sixth charger when connected to the car said um you know identification error reconnect and we reconnected and then it started charging but it was snowing it was minus 6 it was windy you're in the open in the elements it's not a nice experience at all and you're stressed because you got 6% soc and i thought to myself how can that happen in norway you know where you've got such a high level of penetration where the world's best chargers operate the world's best cars operate why is this happening and the truth of the story is it was a brand new car yeah and the charger recognized you have software that i don't know and therefore i need to reboot upload download and i'll be able to talk to you but the screen only said reboot so as a customer you're like bad charger right what's what's yeah. wrong with you i'm yeah. in the cold why you reboot four five out of six rebooting what's wrong with you you need to think from the perspective of the customer and go it's not you it's us we have an issue you have a brand new car don't worry go have a cup sit, of coffee yeah. and it'll all be okay you know yeah. and, and 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 you're absolutely right but for this to happen it is in the charger manufacturer because they are not thinking of that they're thinking of they're thinking of resilience they're thinking of infrastructure they're not thinking about the consumer because their customer is not the consumer is the charge point operator so we all do need to come together as an industry and it's not just india's globally it it will take some time uh, but i do completely 
appreciate from the perspective of the user it's not uh, it's not a nice experience right now exactly right i mean uh even for the users if if i don't know what is happening i will either blame the car or i'll blame the charge point operator right i will never think of the charger oem and uh, i mean it's not a pretty scenario for anyone um i'm going to ask you a frivolous question this is the last question that we ask everybody on our podcast and you've said you've listened to some of the episodes so you know the question yeah. that's coming uh it's frivolous but it always brings a beautifully pointed answer and so i'll ask you the question which is if you had the opportunity to be the prime minister of india for one day just one day and you could make any decision you wanted to bring about faster adoption of electric vehicles in india what would that decision be i've thought about this and the only thing that could come up with was probably to ensure that our grid is completely of renewable energy what that allows is that uh, i mean i can then drive my car guilt free i do not have to worry where the carbon emissions are coming from uh, or you know that propels the country to a stable and a you know a sustainable future so that is one of the very small things that i hope will have and well i think prime minister modi has been listening to you because just yesterday he promulgated the hydrogen policy of india setting aside many billions of dollars to make sure that our entire energy system moves away from hydrocarbons to renewable energy which is solar wind wave uh, all converted to hydrogen uh, which will give us zero emission mobility and zero emission energy static energy as well so a great answer um it's first one more question though, and, I, and although i said last question i want to i want to add a rejoinder to that and that's because you're a super user and we don't get to ask this question What are you most excited about over the next 3 years for the EV industry? I would want to see people having their first cars uh, to be an EV. People who are aspiring to move from a two-wheeler who are planning to buy a four-wheeler for their homes, they would want to buy a four-wheeler electric vehicle. Uh given that we have too many we have a great uptick in the two-wheeler EV segment, people are already familiar with that concept. once that happens uh they will be a lot more confident to buy their new four wheeler ev and to see a lot of green number plates in my city is something that i am very much like i am very excited about that every time i see a new every time i see a green number plate i am like oh here here is another ev here is another ev you must be happy when you come to our campus then with even exactly, the yeah. places that you see priyans it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you uh, really nice to hear things from the super users perspective i'm sure most of our listeners would have appreciated your candid feedback thank you very much and we look forward to having you on the program very soon again thank you so much for inviting me thank you i'm your host for this episode vavin mirchandani But I would not be here without the amazing Energizing India podcast team. Onkar, our podcast director and the man who makes it all happen in the end, much like a big fat grand Indian wedding bringing together the research data and attention to details all in the timelines to get the next episode out on time. Three Vikram, our podcast co-host and head of research, and Sunil, who along with me is executive producer of our program. The Energizing India podcast is an Adore Digitron production giving a voice to the EV industry in India. If you enjoyed listening to us today, make sure to follow us on whatever platform you are listening on, whether it's Spotify, Apple iTunes or our own portal energizingindia.tv. Thank you very much and see you on the next episode.